The Christian world needs more spirit-filled teaching. So often we have fiery preaching without substance or doctrine without life. But we seek to join the two. We seek to bring theology on fire. This is Andrew Wilkes. This is Leah Wilkes. And this is Theology on Fire. Um, Just to kind of recap, the first week we talked about our placement in the Lord and how we are technically born for this, how we were knit in the womb and we are um, created by the Father and um, saved by His Son who sent Himself for us and then indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And all of this really just pushes us to realize that something is to be expected to come out of our lives as Christians and as members of the body of Christ, that it wasn't all just that we would sit on a pew. And on the the second week, we really just kind of talked about that daily life and the the need to sort of deny ourselves and to put on the things that it talks about in Colossians chapter 3, love and meekness, tenderness, kindness, compassion, and just how daily we deny ourselves, but we put on those things of Christ. And then out of that would come just the opportunity to serve the Lord as we just see as he sees and and feel as he feels by the grace of God. And then week three, last week, we talked about steadfastness and how the Lord wants to help us just to be consistent as we walk every day with him and how really our lives it's important that we see it and just even remind ourselves and ask the Lord to remind us that what it is is a long-term ministry, you know, and that we have to be consistent just from from one end of our life to to the other, you know, and just it's just a daily constant walk and that there are things that can cause us to sway, but the Lord is trying to get us to a place where we do that less and we start to become more like an oak tree, you know, compared to like a little sapling or a flower. Wendy sent me a little video clip yesterday, actually. She was in her car at a red light and it was like pretty windy yesterday and she just sent me a video clip of these flowers and the wind was blowing and they were just doing all like this and she's like just rem- to saying oh this really reminded me what you spoke about and I was like oh, that's me you know <laughs> without the Lord that's exactly what I look like <laughs> you know? but it's true and it, um, but it, it, it's, it's it's exciting to know that he doesn't want to leave us like that and, and when we live in his spirit and in his grace we won't um, but today I want to talk about, our lesson today is called Striving Side by Side. I just really want to talk about what we've been placed in as regards the body of Christ and, and his calling on us and, and in just being one together. Um, you can open up to Philippians. We are, we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures and they are all here on your worksheet. And I just, I just encourage you uh, during the week, open up your Bible and reread these things, and even now. But because these are here, like you can scribble all over this and circle the words and highlight it, you know, and just then you can decide what you maybe want to write in your Bible during the week and what things you really want to keep in your remembrance. So just feel free to scribble all over these things and highlight the verses. So. Something we do see over and over again is just that repetition from Paul and others in the New Testament and just through the Word of God is how we are one together. And, and this is just our, our verse to remember this week and even make it your memory verse, but it's Philippians 1.27. And it says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you 
that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And I just love that scripture. I love that um, picture. We did talk about it a couple of weeks ago, just the need to bear with one another and um, thinking about like a line of soldiers and just with their arms linked and we're just striving side by side and moving forward into something. And, you know, there are perhaps different ranks in an army where people are over certain things and but it all works together for one end goal which is to defeat the enemy and to conquer and to win um the land or that battle you know and so it's it's all done together you know we talked about how sometimes some of us are weak and you know others of us have to like be a bit stronger at that time and strive side by side or maybe there's a couple of people either side of you but just to encourage one another and stay united so we can just continue on what the Lord has for us so thinking of that and and just it's a good question to ask why is it important for us to have friends in the body of Christ what can you give me some just when I read that before you were explaining on that, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, I mean, if you have more people fighting against the enemy, or you know, like you said, I think I just think about the battles of your thoughts and your minds, your mind, and just having those friends that are encouraging you in the Lord or praying with you against rebuking Satan against things. You know, like that's better than just yourself doing it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? Left to my own device. Mm. It's going downhill. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Kind of going off of that, but in maybe a different turn. Um, if we don't have to, if we're not in relationships with people, then we we begin to think we really are doing pretty good. You know, like as far as mm-hmm. prideful or. I, you know, I don't mess up, or I'm a happy person, or I'm, well, yeah, I'm happy, but I don't have to deal with anybody else's dislike towards me or unkindness towards me, you know, but somebody's unkind to me in the grocery store, and I'm like, you know, I just, it shows me how much relationships are just people, you know, sharpness, I guess, in a way to where we yeah. need that. I need to sacrifice myself and give up myself for somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. or else we just get so prideful and so into just me, 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 you know. And it, and we need the body to serve. Because if we don't serve and if we don't give up of ourselves, we just become selfish. Yeah. And we need their gift of discernment. Yeah. We need all the, all the gifts they have, really. And they need ours. Yeah. And um, we, we need someone to help carry the burdens. You know, mm-hmm. if you can talk something over, pray, get their point of view, it doesn't seem so heavy. Yeah. I think unity is missing because you don't have anything to unify with. If you're by yourself here, there's a little bitty thing. You, you need to work on unity. Yeah. How can you strive side by side? Yeah. The, the power that comes in being unified. Amen. Yeah, I think I just all of those things, you know, we do. We support and encourage one another. We pray together. Counsel is so important. You know, we need that. We do have the Spirit of the Lord, and we do have the Scripture, but we don't know everything, and we don't know every Scripture, and we haven't been through every part of life. So it's so important to have 
friends, you know, that, you know, you can go to and ask questions of and advice and counsel together, pray together. People really can have a word of knowledge for you and or a gift of discernment, you know, and just say, hey, look, I was praying about that job you were thinking about, and I just really want you to pray more about it. I, I don't have a piece. And, you know, we can't tell people what to do with their lives necessarily, and we definitely want to walk in the wisdom of the Lord. And But just those are the things that we can help we do together, you know, and, and um, even just physical help, you know, look at our food ministry or just when people are sick here, we have an acts ministry that when there is um, a widow or an orphan, you know, that can go to their house and help them put up their fence or mow their lawn, you know, and just, just that wonderful support and love that God puts us together and provides through the body you know these these things are sweet and precious too but um but yeah most of all just that safety and the the ability to actually move forward in unity and and do what the lord has asked us to do um that you know in the first week we talked about being knit together and that scripture's on your worksheet here we're personally knit we talked about that verse in the first week it says for you that's god formed me in my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well and then in colossians 2:19 um he's talking about the body of christ and and what they should be doing, which is holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. You know, and I just thought of how, you know, when it says knit, it means made. It doesn't mean knit. But I do, because I can't help but think of knitting, you know, because of that word. And I think about somebody crocheting maybe something and then maybe Cindy's also has has been crocheted you know but then we get knit together you know to form something bigger uh, for the Lord and I just think about that we personally knit but we're corporately knit um, as a body of Christ so just going on in that theme um, there's a scripture here at the end of your first page and it it just has teamwork above it and this is we're just going to go through a few about three or uh, four or five I think chunks of scripture and I just want to talk about each one and just bring out things about the body of Christ and what we belong to so in this first one it's Philippians chapter one it's verses three through eleven and I'm going to read it and but while I'm reading it I want you to think about things in this passage and I'm going to ask you about it once I'm done reading that speak to you of like teamwork and like camaraderie. So I'm going to read it. I'll read it kind of slow because and I want you to be thinking about it. You can be circling things maybe as I'm reading. So it says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So what in just this passage speaks to you about a team or camaraderie that Paul's um, given? Can you, can you tell me? We'll kind of just start at the beginning and work through. Like the thought of being partakers together and things that we walk through in life. Mm-hmm. When we're walking through hardship, even though it might be my problem, when you feel that people are in it with you because of their love for you, it just mm-hmm. it just helps you. It's so much different than being in something completely alone. Like when you're when you're holding something as a secret in your heart that people don't know you're struggling with, mm-hmm. and then when you're walking the difference of that and walking through something that's known and just how you feel that people are really in it with you. Mm-hmm. Amen. The that's knowledge good. and discernment because no one person can have all of the knowledge and all of the discernment that's right. has to fit together. Yeah, amen, that's right. And Pastor Lee said not very long ago in a sermon that your love for God, I'm not going to say it perfectly, but it's something like this. Your love for God can be measured by your love for the church, mm. for his church, because God's affection is for his church. And so it's saying that I yearn for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Like, I think we, we learn so much about who God really is and the way that he loves us by the way he puts love in us for other believers. That's good. Thing, um, we were talking about Tuesday is that in Hebrew um, there's no plural and singular. Well, there is a plural and singular for the word you, but in English, unless you add y'all to it, uh, you can't tell whether it's singular or plural. When it says you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, so you, you don't know, and Americans and Europeans tend to see that as me. Because yes. it's all yeah. about me, me alone, long range of mentality. But in other cultures, the culture that the Bible came out of, they didn't see it that way. They they knew, you know, it was all of us together. Yeah. That's good. That's all really good stuff. And I think it's are we gonna say something? No, Sorry. I was just agreeing that that was good. <laughs> it is, it's all really good. And I think that's what I like about scripture is it's definitely saying something, you know, <laughs> but like there's, they have, they write these books and these letters. <laughs> it's definitely saying something. It, they have a specific agenda when they write these passages. Like there are a people that they're writing to. There's a context. There's, there's genuine issues per, that and that we can pick up as we read it you know you you can't you can't just take it and make it mean whatever you want but if you we could read you could read through these these books in the new testament and and be, just, just make that your focus but look for teamwork look for camaraderie and it's amazing like how much of that you see and then you could go back and read the same thing but look for submission or whatever other theme whatever it is perhaps you really want to study and i think that's a great thing to do and and just even in this small passage we've been able to just open up so much and that's why it's so much richer in a body in a corporate fellowship to do that because I didn't get all of those things on my own. You know, this, this was built up so much because of all of us being together, but I just love, and I've constantly been amazed 
just seeing it more and more in reading the New Testament, Paul wasn't like a gushy man. Like he wasn't just emotional, but like he, it was just a matter of fact. Like he talked to these people, we are one, strive together. We have this partnership all together. I yearn for you. Like he's not just being sweet. He's not being a Southern man, you know, like he's just, he's being genuine. Like this is what we do. I yearn for you because I belong to you. We are knit together. We are one. I'm not Paul and you are the people in Philippia, you know, like I, we are one together and there's a work that we um, have to do. He said, it is my prayer that your love may abound, you know, and just even being convicted by that. Is it my prayer that your love may abound? And I know that it's natural Often we are faced constantly with our own lack and we do pray for our own lack. And, but at the same time, to ask the Lord to push us further, even to pray for others, like, Lord, help me to love more and help them to love more. Lord, help me, God, to be strong and mature and have wisdom and discernment, but help them, Lord, whoever it is the Lord puts on your heart to have those things. And, and that was Paul's heart. Um, he, he, to yearn for the body. I yearn for you was the affection of Christ Jesus, you know, and, and even in his saying it, he's saying that it's, it's the, it's the love of Christ. You know, he's not praising himself by any means like Christ had given him such a love for the body. So moving on from that scripture, we'll go on to the next one on your page. And um, it's just headed up with, we are one. And I just want to focus on that. This one's a bit shorter. And I'll just read it for you. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. And this is Ephesians 4, 1 to 6, just in case you're turning in your Bible. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And I just want to point out at the beginning of this that he urges them to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And to point out that we all belong to a body, but we have all been individually called to walk in it in various different ways and in some of the same ways. And there is a need for unity you know, we are different, but we are one. We do have different functions, but we are one together. You, you know, we can do some of the same things and we can do different things and we can do same things in a different way. You know, it, it's just, there's all of this, but we, we all have been called and all have been given and it says grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace has been given to everybody. And I think that sometimes you, we can look at that verse and say, oh, well, I have just been, I guess I've give, been given a measure of grace, but of course I'm probably the egg cup measure, you know, uh, you know, and that person, they probably have a pool sized measure, you know, and it, I think it's, it's just very hard for us to get away from that carnal mindset. But when, when the, especially when the Bible talks about measures and amounts, 
I think we are so apt to do that. And I think we have to be cautious not to focus on that in quite that way. There are different places we function. There are different roles and there are people perhaps who are leaders, you know, which is good and we need that oversight. But I think just to think about it this way, like if God is giving you a measure of something, it can't possibly be weak or small or insignificant. If God gave you an egg cup size of something, it must be more than you could ever imagine, you know, and, and, and again, we don't measure things that way, but I think you should think of it that way. God has given me something yeah. to come out. God has given me a measure of some kind of grace for a purpose, and it must come out, and we all have one, and it all works together, but no one's excluded. You know, there aren't different sects in a church. You know, there aren't like the pastor and then, you know, the lay leaders and that, you know, like there aren't, there aren't these things. Like it's one body knit together to a- accomplish things that God has given us to do. And, and just to emphasize again, like we have, we all have a responsibility in that to know, okay, I've been given a measure of grace. What is that, Lord? Would you show me how that's supposed to work and where that fits? Mm-hmm. And it isn't necessarily to only do one thing. You know, I think sometimes we can limit the Lord even by thinking, I fit in this one box or in this one section. Or that it, perhaps in this time you function in a certain way, but the Lord is maturing you to a different place or stretching you. And just to be so open to the Lord, he is not limited. You know, it's not a business. He, you don't get like hired at this position and then, you know, work your way up in a sense. It's just if he wants to do that, he's going to do that. And just to be open to hear him, you know, if you have been saved one year or 20 years, that both of those people should be open to the Lord wanting to prophesy through them, you know, or give a word of knowledge or, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, stand on a street corner and preach the gospel of Christ. You know, we, we just have to be open to hear what it is the Lord wants us to do and then have faith that he's given us whatever we need. He's given us that measure to, for it to come out. But we all have it and we all have that responsibility. So, yeah. When you're talking, maybe think about in the New Testament, it talks about Jesus ascending on high and and, give, and then giving gifts, receiving gifts to give us, gifts, gifts to men. And the Old Testament is quoting from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it, it uses this phrase that the Lord God might dwell among them. Like the gifts were given so God could, his presence could be among them. And so that's why, I mean, the grace that he gives us, you know, the measure of grace he gives us and the gifts he gives us, it's so his presence can be among us. So he can be doing the work as a body through us corporately. But it's him, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, his, it's the way he wants to dwell among us. He, in ourselves, we can't, you know, he's not going to use his flesh. He has to give us what he wants to use. Right. So, but it's so he can be with us, you know. So Amen. when God uses you, even if, if it's a spiritual gift or if it's an administrative gift or it's, you know, the hospitality. have so many ways God gives us. Realize that that's his desire to be lived through you among the body of Christ. Amen. I think that that's scripture. I'm thinking that he's the one that gives it. Mm-hmm. And so he's God. And like I was thinking in this, 
um, when you're talking about the talents. And to some he gave 60, some he gave 510. And he said, it's, it, it's so wouldn't really so much be a matter of um, the talents, but what do we do with the talents that he's given us? Mm -hmm. And how do we work in that under him? Um, and that if he only gave me five talents, then he's God and he knows what he's doing. If he gives you ten, he knows what he's doing. It's, it's for his discretion and not ours. We learn to not like make that comparison, but mm -hmm. we utilize what he's given as a whole, for the whole body, under his headship. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's what I was thinking. That's right. That's good. And just let's look at this next portion of scripture here and it's Ephesians 4 and it's 11 to 16 and it, it just comes after the one we just read but um, it just talks about even that order of the church and what he's given to us and um, I'm just going to start reading it here it says and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or womanhood, to the measure of that stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So there is a structure to the body of Christ, you know, there, there is one. I think that people, depending on maybe what circles you run in, I know that they can often butt up against that. And I think sometimes not in our church, but just in my own experience, I've known people that they disregard it or think there aren't these people that are placed in leadership such as pastors etc i think because sometimes people have been hurt and abused in the body and it, it's something even to watch in ourselves to have grace for those people because we ourselves can make opinions about how we think a church should be based on if it's hurt us or not and but if we just look at scripture it is biblical to have these leaders and have these people but they are for us and it is it says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of christ and and it is that it is christ dwelling among us that's what's being cultivated and grown and strengthened is that that atmosphere and that ground where christ can be seen and grow and move and have his way but that's what they are there for. They're really there for us. I remember um, Daryl Turner preached a couple of years ago, and he talked about pastors. And he he, he was asking, I think it was Daryl? No, it was the guy with the hair, the white hair. Bill Casey. Bill Casey. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about the position, the position of a pastor in the body of Christ, but them being feet you know, and how they hold up the the rest, you know, and just that these people that are 
we see as leaders and people talk about the fivefold ministry, but like they're there for us. They're there to serve the body and to equip the body that we as ministers also might be strong and discerning. And it says, um, to, for us to be built up to, um, to help us in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to know Jesus more, so to mature, to be mature, not men, but women. Um, and it says that we would no longer be tossed to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine, so that we would know our word, that we would know when somebody comes up and says, I don't think a pastor's a thing, like, well, you know, to be honest, in scripture it is, you know, or oh, I, I just don't think that you, you know, I think you don't need to take communion or like, I don't think the gifts exist anymore. Like these are the things that we as a body come in and we have these leaders and these teachers, etc., that teach us so that we can be more discerning and therefore really teach other people ourselves, you know, and have that discernment like, hey, actually the gifts have not ceased, you know, and and here are the scriptures to say so and whatever it is, like that's that's why we're here, that we can be stronger. That's why they're there. Um, is that we can be stronger and not, not tossed about, you know, and that's another reason and that's another way God gets us from being a flower to being an oak is belonging to a body and being at it and coming to ladies Bible study and going to Sunday school and not just, you know, coming in church on a Sunday morning late and then leaving early. You know, we miss out on so much growth when we don't really belong, you know, but actually really being there. I remember when I first moved here, I, it was lonely, you know, and I didn't know anybody yet. And I just didn't, you know, it was just, it was just lonely. It was just fresh. But I remember the Lord told me, to join the choir and it wasn't necessarily for any reason like it wasn't that I felt this great ministry in me but I knew I need to do this so that I'll make friends and know people and I did and it was the beginning of that for me just to to get closer to people and be in a team and you know it was great to get to minister and sing you know it, it was hard work sometimes but it was it was the most valuable part of that for me was just actually to get in relationships with people and yeah rub against people and be strengthened myself and that is really what came out of that for me and and it is like that for all of us if we just are involved in things and and just get tucked in as it were those are the things that are going to be brought out and it's going to be strengthening to us and this word um here it says from from the from whom the whole body joined and held together that word joined it's actually the same word um that is used for knit in Ephesians 4:16 so it's just it's just repeating that and just emphasizing how that we're all so closely linked you know we're not we're not just a bunch of individual ministries that have like rallies and you know powwows like we we are we are connected you know and we are for one another and to support one another i'm just getting this picture because knitting when you said that it's just something that doesn't come apart easily mm-hmm. and if it does come apart there's going to be evidence of a tear you know like mm-hmm. something really good you know that even if you i'm forever pulling one little thing on my sweater you know getting a sweater that's so cute and just one little thing gets pulled and the ruins the whole sweater and you try to fix it it's just, so I mean it's it's so tightly together that really it's, it it doesn't come apart easily and then if it does you know there's damage to the whole thing yep 
Yeah. Amen. Anybody else want to add anything to that particular point before I move on? The body grows and it builds itself up in love. I think um, he's just trying to present more of himself. Mm -hmm. Like the more we're knitted together, the more we go together, the more we function as a whole, the more of himself is done. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we get bigger, he gets bigger. Yeah. And that would, the world would probably be able to see him more as he truly is yeah. in that sense. And, and, and the power amen. and the blessing that comes with the unity. And, and that's something we have even seen and we and continue to see in the church, you know, just as people come in and are brand new, that's what they recognize, you know, and it is a genuine, genuine spiritual work of Christ. You know, when they come in, it's not like, oh, they, they're really so professional at greeting or like, oh, they're just very charismatic. You know, no, it's like there is a spirit of Christ that people are drawn to and feel a warmth. And they're just like, what is that? Like that is very drawing. And it's because of the whole body working together, you know, and, and there are, there have been leaders that have put these things together, like this greet team and this info desk, you know, the Lord has used those leaders to equip those ministers to minister, you know, and so when Rachel schedules those people at the greet team or the info desk, you know, then those people get to be those people on the front lines, as it were. And she's done such a good job of, explaining needs and weaknesses or potential issues that could come up or things to look out for. And then we get to stand there and, and be those people that with what she's equipped us with to, to work in that, you know, and it all just works together. And, and then the people are drawn and see, and see Christ in it, not just a system. They see Christ. Um, so let's move on to the next uh, scripture here. And this is this comes from Romans 12, and it's verses 3 through 8. And I'll just um, read it for you here. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So again, it's just repeating that sense is as we just look through a different scripture look through that those glasses of teamwork and camaraderie in the body of Christ as it were but to see again that we've all been put together and but we've each been given that measure of faith and God has assigned things for us to do for as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function because that would be boring <laughs> and very inefficient and we would miss things entirely. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. That's, and that is what, that is how we are one body. It is in Christ. That is what unites us is Jesus, is our belief and faith in him, is the hope of his coming again, is our belief in that he is returning to earth and there is a, a work for us to do in the time that we have, in the age that we exist. And that is what unites us, is the promise of Christ and his coming again and, and, and what he has done for us. And individually, members of one another. 
we, you know, we are, we're members of one another. We're, we're connected in that way. We're responsible for each other. We, we look at and to one another. How are they? You know, how are they doing? I didn't see so and so, um, at church. Are they doing okay? Or, oh, I heard such and such happened in their life. Like, let me go and just, love them and be that, you know, person linked arms with them and hold them up right now. You know, they really need that. We, we need each other. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And that's just a demand. It's not an option. Um, it's an instruction. You know, let us use our gifts. Let us not just attend church. You know, let us not just think, oh, well, this is my stage of life right now. I, you know, just can't. You know, we have gifts that are given to us to use for the body. In the body, there are ministries that we have that perhaps don't necessarily connect to like our whole church. I am a mom and a wife, and those are ministries that I function in. And they are connected to our body because if my kids are a wreck, it's going to affect everybody <laughs> in that nursery, so it does count. But, um, but you know, there are also things that are expected of me in this corporate body, you know, as, as a sister and as some, someone who's just older, maybe than younger girls, you know, it says, let the older women teach the younger, you know, that that's, that's a responsibility on anybody who's older than someone else, you know, and, and I am older than some people, believe it or not. Um, but just that is, it's, it's an instruction. It's not a suggestion. So it says, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, basically do what the Lord has told you to do and don't do any less and don't do any more. But, but it'll be plenty if he's told you to do it. Just, just do, move in that. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, that's in, in our physical giving, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And, and so there, we've all, and these are just some of the gifts. Again, that's another, that's another way you could go through the Bible and read these passages in the New Testament is just looking for gifts and looking for functions and looking for tasks and things that people physically did and how they served in the body. And some people, you know, they, they went places and preached and other people, they, they made garments for the poor. And, you know, some people, you know, worked a job and they gave money to help others do th other things, you know, if there's just all these, and it'd be a, that's another great study. Just go through the New Testament looking for teamwork, camaraderie, tasks and works and, you know, works of God that he gave them to do that, that is for his glory again, so that he might be seen. Remembers one of another in proportion to our faith. So just, I just be encouraged by that. You know, there are things that again, God has put in each one of us. So, Let's move on to talk about the divider. Um, that's obviously the enemy's favorite thing to do is divide us, just like Carla talked about, that little thread, um, how it can expand and just destroy a whole garment, as it were. But um, how, why does the enemy want to divide us? To make us ineffective, yeah. Yeah, you're further from Mm -hmm. You're sinning when you're divided. Mm -hmm. Don't be close. Mm -hmm. It's to attack God's heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 
it hurts God's heart to see his church not acting like the church. And so I think it's kind of like a, it's like a passive-aggressive way of like sticking it to the Lord, you know, like mm-hmm. watching the enemy and destroy your church. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he hates Christ. You know, he hates the image of God. He, that's why he hates us. It's not necessarily that we are anything great. We aren't, but we represent something and together we represent it all the more. You know, he hates the body of Christ. He hates what it is as we unite together and what we are able to do together on this earth, which is really destroy his kingdom and come against his kingdom and his principalities and his powers. You know, that's what we as a body do together. And, and he obviously hates that. Um, you know, it is, it is through us being woven together, um, as an organism of his body that Christ would be manifested, you know, so if he can corrupt me, and bring disease or bitterness, jealousy, competition, then then he has found a way to stunt the body. Like you said, you know, to inhibit and hinder. You know, we and we are all capable of being that. None of us are above that um, by any means. And and that is that is just what we need to watch out for, even in ourselves, is just the enemy's constantly at work to do that. And if you see the Lord moving then I think it is just absolutely guaranteed and safe to say that the enemy must really want to be moving too. Not necessarily that he is, you know, I don't want to give him that credit. I pray we have the grace of God to to stand strong and discern him. But you have to know that even look, looking at what God has done in our church and looking at just miraculously and the joy and the dancing and the activity and the reaching out to the the community all around us you we just have it's just a guarantee like he's cross and he would love to destroy that um so let's just look away look at this next scripture under under that it's ephesians 4 25 to 32 and it says therefore having put away falsehood let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor For we are members one of another. It's repeating that statement again. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. It's interesting to note, actually, that it's saying that and it's not necessarily talking about marriage. I know people often give that advice at a marriage time, like, don't let the sun go down on your wrath and make sure you fix things before you go to sleep. Like, okay. We'll talk about that in a different one. It still, it still pertains to marriage, but it actually is, is talking about the body here. Um, so it's something really to note, like, oh, am I angry about something? And, you know, sometimes it's inconvenient in marriage, but it's sometimes it's inconvenient in the body of Christ, but far better to call somebody at 11 or whatever at night to resolve an issue that you know is causing something in you than to let it fester you know, um, now we don't necessarily have to always take that literally. Like it, it is sometimes, may, perhaps there is wisdom and waiting to the next day so that person isn't half asleep. You know, but just I think I think it's something to be said for it. You know, just nip it in the bud, as it were, and and, um, and act on that. In the middle of that um, passage in Ephesians, it says, "Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths." You know, and and just to really see it as that. And we, we are corrupt and what comes out of our mouths will be corrupt unless we are 
walking in the spirit, you know, and walking in what in that Holy Spirit that God gives us, you know. But if we do talk in certain ways, to see it as corruption, don't just see it as like, oh, maybe shouldn't have said that or like that was a little spicy or a little edgy, you know, but to truly see it and because it truly is, you know, and I think it, we need to be very aware of how we talk to our spouses and our friends and our family, you know, and, and some, sometimes family can be, well, what's going on with so-and-so? And it and, and just be so easy, but to really be very careful to, to not just see it. And gossip, we know, is poisoning, but not just just to see it as that, to recognize what comes out of our mouth can be very corrupting. Like, talk, it just makes me think of, like, rust, you know, or poison, and just to really allow the Lord to watch over that. It says, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Like, let's be sure if, if it's someone else, you know, who is maybe being ungracious to doubly have grace with them. If you recognize that and perhaps to respond to them in a way that you that clearly displays grace for whoever it is they're talking about and and to have grace with them to to perhaps teach them that grace that the lord has given you to have mercy you know and say well hey you know if i'd probably do the same thing but for the grace of god you know and just just to to even minister in that sense and to be that encouragement to others and to teach them do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Why would Paul say that unless it happened? You know, it isn't just like, oh, well, it's just, shh, we don't talk about that. Like, it's it happened. It happened then and it happened now. These are the ugliest words. I, I These are the worst. Uh, they're, they're the most shameful. They are the things that we don't want anybody to ever see in us or think about us, but they are us. That is who we are, you know, but the Lord by his grace is able to help us to walk and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And that is, that is what to see is it's, it's as God in Christ forgave you and as Christ in you is able to forgive others and to walk in that. We are able to be kind and tender-hearted and forgiving as Christ in us is allowed to function. And that is going to be the strength of that unity, you know, and, and that is going to be how we maintain being that strong, knit together army of soldiers that are walking forward is, is just loving Christ. And we think we talked about it maybe last week or the week before, but as we maintain, I don't, I don't know, always love these like phrases, but as we maintain our vertical relationship, it maintains our horizontal relationship, <laughs> you know, but it, but it's true to me. It's, it is true. Just as we, as we just focus on Jesus and look up, then as we walk forward, that's who we're going to see and how we're going to act. So, like Paul said, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. That's what Paul's prayer was. It wasn't 
for all these individual, powerful, particular, specific gifts. It, because he knew like God's got it all. If you would just be united, everything in him is able to be accomplished and happen. And every work of God can, can be performed and mighty things and the lost one and the sick healed and, you know, People, many people gained and the church grow if you would just strive together side by side and just being aware of who your enemy is and how the enemy knows that. The enemy knows as we are united in a church together that we are, because of what Christ is in us and how he's able to move through us, a powerful thing. That is how, and Leah's taught us that, you know, that is how God has chosen to display himself in the earth. It's through his body, which is the church, the body of Christ. So, um, and I just want to quickly, we'll just close with this last couple of scriptures. Um, I think I'm just going to skip to, hold on. No, let me look at Galatians. But I say, walk in the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So that's how we do that. That's how we walk in that unity is in the spirit. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. These are the works of the flesh. That is the enemy. That is what comes out when we just aren't walking in the spirit, when we just think, oh, I can just say that. That's Those are the things that come out of that beginning of corruption, that loose-lipped comment that you made or that attitude that you just allow to remain in your heart that you think is justified or like, well, they did that to me. I'm not going to submit to that because of such and such, you know, oh, like that's, that's rebellion. That's a spirit of rebellion. You know, we don't necessarily always see the things that way and just because we don't, because we think we're so great, you know, but, but that is what that is. And, and that is what the Lord is trying to expose in us. And then, to maintain the unity of his body. It says, so if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And we just can't do it on our own. And on our own, we will do that. You know, that is who we are. That is our nature. We are possessive. We are prideful. We are competitive and we are ambitious. But in Christ, with as we are made new creations, he gives us new desires and he does give us those things. He does give us a yearning to be together and a desire. I just can't wait to get to church. I love prayer meetings. I love ladies Bible study. I love listening to the older ladies as they just share about their lives or, you know, like those are the things that that's Christ in us. Those are the things that he puts in us that, that is of him and that are fruitful and good. And that's the spirit. That's what the spirit spirit wants to put in us. And that's what happens when we walk in the spirit. But it, I just want to look at this last scripture. It's Jude, the book of Jude, which is just one chapter, and it's verses 24 and 25. And it's here on your page, but it says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling 
and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. It's the Lord that is going to keep us from stumbling. It's him who's going to help us walk in a way that is pure and loving and united and just just open and gracious with one another. It's him that we receive that from. It's him, again, that's why just each day, just ask the Lord, Lord, help me to deny myself and look to you. And I just love, just, I would just encourage you this week, just read the book of Philippians and, and look for those themes of camaraderie and teamwork and working together and the things God got people to do. And in Philippians 4, verses 2 and 3, it says, I entreat, I don't know how to say your name, but I'll say you Euodia, and I entreat synth, I don't know how to say either of their names. I'll, I entreat E and S to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And I just, I just want to leave us with that, that there is a place of submission for us as women and it's a very safe and beautiful place and it really is a wonderful thing for us to have and we do reverence our spouses and we do reverence men in our church and we do walk in a place as women, but, but it is not a lesser place. There is an order, you know, and we do have to be honest with ourselves. And even what the scripture says about us is that we are, we are fearful, we are easily amazed, but we are vessels of Christ. And we are people, women who have been given measures of Christ's gift. And we are all still responsible knowing that, that we have been given something for that to come out. And it is supposed to come out in the body. And here, Paul, a man, is commending these women who have labored side by side with him. These women enabled and encouraged his ministry. And we enable and encourage the whole body. It doesn't mean in any unhealthy way that we like team up with some guy that, you know, isn't my husband or, you know, it's not an unhealthy way, but we support one another. There are things that we together strengthen as a whole body. You know, we're not just here, you know, in a little corner and we're not supposed to just make daisy chains and knit things. Like we are also ministers and there are gifts. All of these gifts that you see that are written down are also for women, the gifts of prophecy, you know, the gift of discernment, the gift of wisdom. You know, these things are us for, for us to function in as well. So just as a born-again Christian, just know that and, and be aware of that. Be encouraged in that. Look at what Paul said and, and even just read in the New Testament and see other women who ministered and labored and just be, just to be encouraged by that. But also feel the responsibility of that and the weight of it that there, there are things that are supposed to come out of my life. There are services and acts and um, gifts of the spirit, whatever it is that the Lord wants to bring out. Um, did anybody want to add anything to that? Thinking about Jacob when they were talking about um, um, this unity, that it says that the house divided cannot stand. And if we're not working on unity, then we're not in accordance with the will of God. And when it, if you're not unified, 
when it said that the devil had this foothold, he has a right to be there. And he has a right to, um, you know, do what he wants to do until that door gets reclosed by, by coming back into accordance what God's will is for the church. And um, that's, I, I thought that's another reason why he comes in to divide is because it does uh, somewhat give him the ability to work. Uh, in there, and the whole body could be thinking they're perfectly fine, uh, and they're not, because if you're not working toward unity, and there is division, then um, you're not right with God's will. So you have to bring that back in that order, and that was another reason why I think they, um, like we need that body to, to be able to identify if we're off, so that we can um, be in His will. And when He has that foothold, He that he is allowed to work. He is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was thinking about that. Amen. Amen. And the Lord, he's really able to keep us. Mm-hmm. And I would say to to redeem us as well, like because we ha- we do allow that to happen, you know, and there are rifts and there are things that are allowed to get in to our hearts that we excuse or permit to be there that can grow. And it's, it is a fearfully dangerous thing, you know, but God is so gracious to expose that, you know, and to redeem us. And, and let's be people who are ready to be exposed with that in us, but also be gracious to those that perhaps are exposed in that way and who you you perhaps through your relationship with them it has been exposed that they have allowed that to happen and to be gracious with them to forgive them knowing that it could be you you know and and but he he is so gracious to redeem us when we do allow that bitterness and to heal us and deliver us like that is something we just can't do and i've been there you know and i just i have seen it happen different times in my life like I I just can't forgive that person I can't get past this thing and you know he he is able to deliver us that is something we cannot do ourselves you know we cannot walk in love ourselves we can't forgive people in our own selves you know we can't walk in humility ourselves but he is able to do that in us and when he does then it is so much more beautiful and strong and mighty and a platform for amazing works of God but we do we have to be humble you know and we do have to allow him to do that in us I know that more than anybody father just thank you God just for this body for these women Lord thank you for your spirit thank you for grace thank you for your word thank you for instruction thank you for the body of Christ and how it's so massive and it is complex and untamed but you hold it all together and you are the head and you are performing so many works that we can and cannot see through us as a body and through your church as a whole God and we just thank you Lord just for what you're going to do I pray for each woman here and the women that weren't able to make it or had to listen in God for the works of God and the measures of faith that you've given each one of us that we would function in that and we would believe you and we would just trust you and step out into the things that you're asking of us 
And we just pray that we would encourage one another and we would affirm one another in the work that you are doing in us. And we would move forward, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, Lord, and keeping that mission and vision in, in, in our sights, Lord, is that it's for your glory in this earth because you are coming again, Lord. And we just praise you. We thank you that we're saved. We pray just each person as they go home today would know of your presence and your blessing and your provision. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Theology on Fire. Please subscribe so you won't miss new episodes. All of our information and contact details can be found at theologyonfire.org.